Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My brother, Jay Hizzo, Varian Six. How you doing, my dog? Great. Doing great. Another day, another dollar. Uh, ready to start this this uh, this episode off right, man. How you doing? <laughs> yes, sir, Jay. I'm doing good. Doing good. Like how we were just talking off camera a little bit before we started. I just learned a new word. So, hey, Crody, turn me up. Turn me up, Crody. Turn me up, Crody. Uh, I gotta, I gotta embrace my, uh, my Canadian, my Canadian side of me, Jay. Even though uh, I don't got it, but uh, after listening to that Drake album, I feel like you know I'm like two percent Canadian now, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But all right, Jay. Uh, I'm happy that uh, we all doing good here. Uh, it is Friday, November 11th, for everybody um, out there listening on the podcast on YouTube. Welcome in, family. Um, we got another jam-packed, jam-packed, fun episode today. Uh, you know what we're going to kick it off. We're going to kick it off with the Purtle game. Yes, sir. Let's get let's, into it. Let's get it cracking, my brother. Let's get it cracking. Jay, and I, I don't, will say, so I got a chance to go to with my boy Oko to the Raptor Houston Rockets game. So I have a player on the top of my mind who really impressed the both of us who to start us off for our first guest, Jay, and that's El Perrin Sengun. Oh, the guy wow. is a he is cold, man. He is cold. All right, Jay. I'm gonna need some some spelling A-L- help here. ALP, ALP, ALP. Okay, there we yes, go. Yes, sir. There <laughs> he is. Let's go, El Perrin. Oh, nothing. Nothing, okay. Jay. We didn't get nothing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he was impressive, though. He looked good, though, Jay. He looked yeah, good he there. looked good. He looked good. I was so impressed with his skills. I mean, he's it has like kind of that point forward, baby Jokic kind of feel. So I really loved his game. Um. All right. Well, I mean, at least help us in this game. (laughs) (laughs) At least, at least we know he's smaller than six eleven, though. Okay, let's go with. um, You feeling Gary Trent Jr.? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, he's in the east. Oh, two. Okay, Jay. Okay, he's in the east. Atlantic Division. I I need to learn my divisions, Jay, because I I really don't. I really don't know those. Honestly, too well. Let's go. He's taller than six five. Jalen Brown's taller than six five because Boston's Brown, in the yeah. Atlantic. I know. I know they're. Let's go, Jalen Brown. Oh, six, six, six. Oh, he's a guard or a forward. Guard or forward, bigger than six six. Uh, or is he a guard or a forward? Is that what it means? The yellow. He's older than twenty six. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's older than twenty six. Okay, his number is seven or less. Ooh. Oh, wait. So he's that the they rule. So we ruled out Boston and um, in Toronto. So he can't be on the Raptors or the Celtics. So that means he's either on the Nets, the Knicks. I can't remember who else is in the Atlanta division. I think it's either the Nets or the Knicks or. Oh, is um, is it is it Charlotte? I think that might be the last team in the Atlanta division. You want to try Joe Harris? Yes, he's older than 26 years shooting guard. And he's number 12, but it's less than seven. Mm, that is true. He's number 12. How about 6'6? Uh, six, six. But Joe Harris would be a good one. Mm. I kind of want to. Maybe. Who are you feeling, Jay? Who's on the Knicks? The Knicks, man. That's what I'm thinking. I mean,. RJ, I think RJ Barrett's like six seven, six eight. He's he's up there, but he's the, he's not twenty. He's not yeah. older than twenty six. That is true. Six six. 
Oh man, Jay. I don't think Atlanta's in the Atlantic division either. I think they're like in the South or whatever. The the Southern Southeast or something like that. Yeah, the Southeast. Oh man, Jay. I don't know this one, brother. I don't know, Jay. I might have to click that silhouette. Are those the other two teams? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, let's click that silhouette, silhouette so early. Should we go to the silhouette early? <laughs> no, nah, we, we can... still we're still at four to go. Okay, yeah. We still got four to go. Let's go, let's go, let's go one more. One more guess man, at least, yeah. Eastern With Joe, okay, let's see what Joe Harris. Let's just see because it might be. Let's let's do him because he's on the other team. She's on the. He's on the Brooklyn Nets, so he's on the Nets, right? Or or oh, yeah, the, yeah, yes, yes. Green means he's on the Nets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh so he's Royce O'Neal's not six six. Hey Jay, I can't. I don't know. Let's I don't try know. Royce O'Neal. Let's just give it a try. Oh, ah, let's okay. Go. I see you, Jay. I see you. Okay, we, uh, Jay, we got it in five guesses. I'm not gonna lie, Jay. Every single one of these you have knocked down so far, Jay. You've gotten all of these, uh, of go. these turtle ones go. so far. So, whether it's been silhouette or I think this is the first that we just guessed those straight up without a silhouette, yeah. though, right? Yeah, it is. It That's is. big time. First, first big of time. many. First there of we many, go, Jay. Jay. First of many. I love that. I love that. So, definitely shout out, uh, shout out the Nets. Uh, shout out uh, Pertle for supplying us with this great game um, to kick off the episode. But y'all already know what it is, man. Fun episode to get into. We're going to get into the yay or nay. Um, easy, you know, pretty self-explanatory. I got a statement here, Jay. You let me know if you yay or nay on it, all right? And we can talk about it a little bit um, yep. if you want to get into it, all right? Let's go. All right, cool. Let's, Let's get go. into it, Jay. So for the first yay or nay statement, my brother, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown have been playing at a very high level and keeping the Celtics at the top of the East. But, Jay, here's my statement. Yay or nay, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are now officially the best duo in the league. Whoa. I'm trying to think of other duos we got in the league, man. Kyrie and KD has got to be up there. I mean. Uh, well, I mean, not this. I yeah. mean, I'm just talking from a purest talent standpoint of what they can do, but right uh, who we got else? Who's else out there? Trey Young, Dejounte Murray. Trae That's Young, that, they're they're not Murray. Too young. Too. I mean, too early to tell what they've done. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. I think too early Darius as well. Garland, Donovan Mitchell. Too early as well. Um, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan. I feel mm, like I wouldn't say they're on that level. They, yeah, they haven't won the enough. Level. They haven't won enough. Yep. I mean, the only only two I guess I could think so to myself as far as winning is enough is Giannis and Chris Middleton. To be honest, yeah, or That's, Giannis and Drew, if you want or, to say exactly, that way. exactly, yeah, That's how packed the bug bucks are. Um, yeah, I mean James Harden, I, I Joel Embiid yeah, haven't proven anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just so hesitant to anoint them that though, but they have a strong case. Let's say yeah, let's say yeah, yeah right. I'm now. yay on that. I'm too, gonna give Jay. it to him. Yeah, I'm giving to him. Yay. I'm going to say yay. I'm yay on that, too, Jay. I'm I'm, I'm definitely yay on that, too. Shout out the yay area. (laughs) Shout out the yay area, not yay. Shout out the yay area. But, yeah, no, I'm going to give them yay right now just just because of what they've done. This is T-Duo. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, and they've been just doing it, doing it every night. Every night the two of them show up, the the Celtics have, like, what – 90% 90% chance, eight, like almost 100% chance of winning, right? Winning yeah. basketball games. 
that's what you want out of a duo. So oh, let's get, let's go. Say that. Yeah. Give them the best duo in the NBA right now. Yeah, I'm with that, Jay. I'm definitely right there with you. With yay on that. Um, they are on the on the four game winning streak right now. So may, they make a strong case so far. But mm-hmm. let's keep it pushing, my brother. Uh, the Utah Jazz are five and zero at home. Their next three games at home are the New York Knicks, the Phoenix Suns, and the Detroit Pistons. My brother, are you yay or nay on the uh, Jazz being able to extend their home winning streak to eight and zero after this three game um, homestand? So run down, run down who they got again. Yep, they got the Knicks, then they got the Suns, then they got the Pistons. I'm gonna go nay, go nay. I say they, uh, they say they take care of the net, the Knicks, and you said the Pistons, and they're they're gonna struggle against the the Suns. Uh, I think they're not gonna be able to win that. Uh, just just the way the the Suns are built, and and how much, how 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 much of a system, and how they they're so. Um, so comfortable with, the, with how they play and how they, they run their offense. As great as the Jazz are playing, I think it's going to be tough to win three of those games at home, especially when you got the Suns in the middle of two of those games. You know, you kind of have like a little bit of an easy opponent. No one in the NBA is an easy opponent, but you got that, and then you have to play in between the two of those. You got the Suns coming in like that. It's going to be tough. So I'm going to say go with no, Jay, but how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, Jay, I'm 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 right there with you. I gotta I gotta go with no, um, because I mean, I just think as, as great as the Jazz are playing, I think they're catching a lot of people just off guard, kind of like how the Grizzlies caught a lot of people off guard, you know, the year mm-hmm. before, where it's just like you come into it maybe yeah, not as prepared, and then you get punched in the mouth, and then the Jazz are then just too good to you know le- to uh t- to let up. Uh, but I, I know I I have to think that. Um, it, all, all good things, you know, must come to an end. And that is, you know, for the Jazz. And I think when they face, you know, a good team like the Suns, uh, that, that you know, that home streak will come to an end. But just a quick shout out for the Jazz, though, because the Jazz, the Bucks, and the Cavs are the only three teams in the league with the undefeated home record. So uh, definitely, you know, big shout out to them. The Bucks are set, are uh, 7-0 at home. Cavs are 4-0 at home. And the Jazz are 5-0 at home. Um, so, Big shout out to those teams, man, getting it done. Um, let's just see when, I guess, this Utah Jazz collapse will happen. Or or we'll be talking about the Jazz hosting the uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy, Jay. Man, they're <laughs> oh, man. certainly playing. Yeah, they're certainly turned their well, – I mean, we had – no one had them yeah. higher than, what, the 13th, 12th yeah. seed in the, in the West. So to be at the top, the first seed, number one seed in, in the NBA, the best record – can't really hate on that. I mean, yeah. Lori Markkinen's turning into a star before our eyes. I'm I'm almost at a loss for words. <laughs> just, just yeah, just gotta give him no props one, for that. Just gotta give props. Shout out G Foss. <laughs> hey, but 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 even even G Foss didn't even know though. Even G Foss was no, like, even all thing. of us. That's a crazy thing. Yep. Man, totally bro. blowing. Yeah. 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 Crazy, Jay. Crazy. Definitely. Shout out to Jazz doing their thing. But uh, RJ, let's keep it pushing. Next year, or nay statement is, so I was watching the Grizzlies versus Celtics games, which I'll get into that for the game recap. And I was just like it, watching John Morant and just you just get excited, man. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm ready to put it on wax. I'm ready to put it on a statement. To me personally, John Morant's the most exciting player to watch in the night to night basis. Jay, yay or nay with that statement? Uh, I'm gonna have to go nay on that, Jay. I I, I still, and th- I'm gonna be biased with this, but I still think it's Steph the most the the night to night. I mean, he's averaging 32 a game, 
or I would say Luca. I would say one of the two. One of the two. I'm more. I think from an athletic standpoint, like if you like athletes, and I do love the change of pace that that job plays with. I do like that, but for me personally, night to night, I love the way that just Luca can dissect the defense. He controls the pace too. He controls the game. Um, or or Steph, but I mean, I do love watching Jaja. I'm just gonna, I'm, I I can't say for me, but that's that's pick your poison, right? That's 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 more of a like what you prefer in 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 your and what you like to see in a basketball player, right? But I think all three of those players. I don't I wouldn't be mad watching any of them. Man, man, for sure. No, de- definitely yeah, not yeah. mad watching any 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 of those guys. But yeah, Jay, to me, it did come down to between Ja and Luca. And I kept I was going surprised back you and, to say Luca, Jay. I see, I that's the thing, Jay. So like I said the statement, I wrote it down, and then I thought to myself, <laughs> like, man, like that's kind of rude to Luca because Luca yeah. are putting on a ridiculous performance. Uh, but just it just I mean, I'm like shocked. how you said. It's more. It's more of a more I'm of a shock, Jay. Jay, it's I'm more shocked, of a pick man. your poison thing, man. I had to pick John Morant. It's just. It, it's literally like watching a man. He has springs on his knees. Like you just never know mm. at what no, point yeah. he's just gonna just spring up and just fly in there and go towards you. And it, mm. it, it's. I, I love the way he plays with his body. Right, a lot of times where he goes up yeah. to the hoop, he leads with his with his body. So you're either gonna have to foul him or he's dunking on you, dog. And it's crazy mm. to see. A six three guard, six two, six three guard, bounce like that, man. <laughs> I, so I, I have to go with John Moran, Jay. Uh, just one of those electric flying players that you just, you just can't get enough of, Jay. So I, I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely there with John. For all the people at home, you know what I'm saying. So th- this is, this is me and this is me and Jay's first. You know, were we not agreeing? So let us know in the comment section down below. Is it Ja? Is it Luca? Is it Curry? Is it somebody else? You know, do you like to see just straight up Dang. dominance? And is it Dame? Braun? Is it Giannis? Like who is it? Yeah. Who who is on a nightly basis? I, What's up, Jay? Jay? Any of those? If you said if anyone said any of those dudes, I would be like, all right. Like you could make a case for all the guys we just named. Absolutely. Honestly, so. Absolutely, man. But anyways, but that's yeah. how good our league is. That's how man, good our league is, man. man we are, we're, we're blessed, Jay. We're blessed. We get to yeah, watch some great basketball. how talented the league is. Man, absolutely. Crazy. But uh, all right, Jay, let's keep it pushing here, Jay. Um, next statement, yeah, or next statement. Uh, we did see uh, Steve Kerr talking about the Warriors cutting down a lot of players' minutes. And we've been, you know, noted on podcasts talking about James Wiseman a lot. You know, I'm very up on him. I know you're not as high on him. But, Jay, yay or nay, should James Wiseman – go back to be getting more minutes, maybe not starter minutes, but more minutes and not get DNPs. Uh, I, I will say right now he hasn't earned the minutes, but I don't really necessarily know if they're using him in the re- correct way right now. I think they've totally turned him into, you know, an in the paint post up guy. He's, he's ducking in on cuts and drives. He's in the dunker spot necessarily they kind of took away like early on in his career we saw the pick and pop we saw him on the perimeter we saw him more show off his ability and his touch from from the outside and early on in the season he hasn't really been able to utilize it they haven't been utilizing him and uh even spacing him out to the corner and just seeing giving him different looks and different opportunities to succeed because just turning him to a one-dimensional player where right now he hasn't shown that he has that motor, Jay, that he has like even like a if we're comparing him to a guy like JaVale McGee, who I think has at his worst, you know, Wiseman, I could see him being that in his career, like a a solid, you know, veteran roller, you know, complimenting other star players. 
Um, that's what certainly what he's looking like right now. He hasn't, you know, shown the flashes of being a star closer. You know, Jake, you always mention Anthony Davis. He hasn't shown being anywhere close to that so far in his career. So I, I think they need to put him in different roles, if anything, and see if he can succeed in that and then maybe put him in more minutes. But right now, just the level he's playing at um, has been a huge reason why the Warriors haven't have been struggling to start because they've been giving him all these minutes and he hasn't been uh, proving that he can play and playing up to the level that they need him to play as a backup center in the league. So I would say wait till he earns it, Jay. Wait till Wiseman earns those minutes and then you can start thinking about um, – giving him giving him more minutes ultimately but so first things first jay put him in different roles to succeed and see how he how he performs so so as of now you're going with an aj i'm going with an a okay okay see i just had to give that a little background i like that jay i like that and i and see i I agree with a part of your reasoning but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the yay i definitely like the you know what you talked about with Putting him in different roles, I, I think, I think would be great. But the reason why I think I'm going with the yay is because I think the Warriors should let you know these young guys play through some of these mistakes, right? And I mean, we did see that you know the Warriors got off to that slow start, and then the, and then Steve Kerr came and said, you know, we're going to have the lineup changes, and you even called it. You said after this road, uh, this road stretch, they're going to come home and they're going to you know they're going to really start to start to switch things around. And they did. And as that we see, you know, Curry went off and dropped that 47 point game. But in my opinion, Jay, I think that the young guys, like instead of them getting their minutes cut because they're not getting it done and the words are off to a slow start, I think the words should let them play and let them play through those mistakes. Because as a young guy, you just learn a lot more, like trying to figure out a new role or playing through mistakes rather than, you know, just watching greatness and watching Curry, you know, save the day. It's absolutely amazing to watch Curry go for a 47, even if, man, you got free front row tickets right there. If you're not playing, you get to watch greatness, but you don't learn as much than whether you're out there making the mistakes going through it. And I mean, it's really prime example to me. What I think is Jordan Poole, right? His first year was 2019, 2020. The Warriors had the worst record in the league at 15 and 20, but Jordan Poole played, played 71 games that year and started in 14. Similar thing the following season. The Warriors didn't have a great record. Jordan Poole played a lot. And what happened now? Look at him. He's this uh, struggling right now, but this rising star. And I mean, we've seen him last year in the in the finals came up big and time after time has come up big. And why did he get that? Because when the Warriors were in situations where they could cut down minutes or let him play through it, they let him play through it and look, look where he got. So I would say, you know, maybe not with everyone, because I get, you know, you know, you don't want to tank the season. But some of these players, especially the Wiseman, especially the Kamingas, uh, maybe even Moses Moody's, you got to, I think, in my opinion, let them play through those minutes, let them learn and become that you know, next level player. Yeah, well, I mean, and the thing with that is we'll, we'll see if early on if they, they can afford him minutes because they've put themselves in a hole losing all these games early in the season, especially to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. They snuck away with one against Sacramento. Could one could argue they should have lost that game? But uh, you, the the margin for error now is is a little less than it was before because you know you you thought you were going to get off to a good start and kind of have more time to integrate them. Well, I did think they would go up, come off to a, a slower start because you're trying to play the young guys. Didn't expect them to come out three and seven now, four and seven to start the season. So you have to be careful with it more than ever. 
And Jay, I will add to your point about, you know, you mentioned Jordan Poole in his second year, how he was able to afford more minutes. Well, he did go down to the G League. But the only issue with with Wiseman going down to the G League this year, which I think it would be a good thing for him to do, is the G League and big men doesn't mix. The big men big men in, in the G League, they're not very good. They're not very big, number one. And if they're in the G League, they're probably not very good. Honestly, guards, there's, you see a lot of guards going back and forth, guards who are trying to hang on and get a spot in the league. Guards who are really good could easily make in, you know, close to a mil or more in Europe, but they stay to, they choose to stay here, develop, and then maybe sneak onto a roster mid three through the season with an injury or this or that. So it's a, it's a tough, tough decision that the, the Warriors, and it's, that's why I've been saying if they, they may be forced to choose to, to trade away these young guys and get us solid veteran piece. Who's going to contri- help them contribute to winning now because Steph ain't getting any younger clay ain't getting any younger that window, you know, they're, they're the goal for them to w- go is to go back to back. Right. And Wiseman doesn't look like he can be a part of that picture right now. Not saying he won't be that, but as we as we speak right now, he doesn't look like he's part of that equation, Jay. So we have to keep that in mind in terms of giving him those minutes. That's fair, Jay. That's fair. And, 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 and again, another one for the fans down below. Let us know, man. Should Wiseman be getting these minutes? Should Wiseman get sent down to the G League? I think that's a great observation, Jay. I like that observation about a big man in the G League. I never even put that together. So it's a good one on that. But let's keep it pushing, Jay, to our next yay or nay statement. LaMelo Ball, Jay, still without playing a single game this season. Uh, and the Hornets are struggling, Jay, sitting in last at 3-10. and 10. Uh, When LaMelo Ball comes back, yay or nay, that he can help the Hornets get back into playing cont- contention? I'm going to go nay. Um, we just saw Cody Martin go down tonight, or so go down. He's going to be out for six weeks. So they're they're at without a lot of rotation pieces. Miles Bridges most likely out for the season. Um, guys that they relied on heavily last year aren't going to be in the mix. And then he's going to be thrown into this to this team. We don't know when he's coming back. For all indications. What what reason for them is to to rush him back anyways? You know, you're already in, in a seven game hole right now below 500. Uh, I don't see the point of rushing him back. And when he comes back off an ankle injury with hit, you know, we know with the motor he plays with the up, the up pace, um, up tempo kind of style that he plays. He likes to run and gun. What's he going to look like? It's going to take an adjustment period for him to get his legs under him to get in the rhythm of playing. Uh, so that's going to be in effect, Jay. So I'm going to go with Nay. It's going to be tough for him to for the, them to win basketball games in general, Jay. But how are you feeling? Yeah, Jay, I'm right there with you. I mean, I got to go with Nay. This team is just not built to win, Jay. I mean, we've seen it the last two years. They choked the play-in two years in a row, and now they lost Miles Bridges, which was a 20-point-per-game score, arguably their, sec- their, their, their second-best player. And, yes, like LaMelo Ball is the guy. He's the guy they're going to build the team around. But I feel like LaMelo Ball is best when he has like scorers and people who can are a threat to get to the hoop around him because he can score himself. But we all know a huge part of the ball's game is his IQ, his vision, the way he pushes the ball down court. He can't be pushing the ball down court to Mason Plumlee because that's just not going to get it done against any big in this league, man. So I just don't think this team is built to win. Um, and then also you talk about the, um, the injury of Cody Martin. So unfortunately um, LaMelo is going to have to be in a, re- a rebuilding situation. Just want to see how, uh, 
how long this is going to go, man. Cause I, I want to see him play with some good players. You know, I want to see him play yeah. good players, get out, up the court quick. They, he's a fun player to watch every time that the Hornets were, were, were with miles bridges in the last two years. I always picked them as my league pass team. They always let me down, but you know what I'm saying? I picked them. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Well, Jay, he could be playing with a real, real good top talent, top tier, one of the best uh, upcoming prospects we've ever seen, and that's Victor Wembanyama. So Ooh. we might we might be uh, we might, might be, be seeing him playing with the with the top tier talent pretty pretty sooner than we all think. That'd be real fun, Jay. That will be fun. I'm not gonna lie. That'd be so fun to watch watching those crazy athletic gifted guys get down court and and you know yeah. Lamelo throwing those those full court outlet passes. Victor gonna be catching him up here because nobody could, yeah. could could reach him. Nobody could reach him that high. That's That'd crazy, be a crazy Jay. combination. Common, great, crazy. But all right, yeah. Jay, let's go ahead and keep it pushing and let's get to our next segment, my brother. And that is a segment we love around here. And that is the over or under, uh, simply overrated or underrated. Uh, Jay, you let me know um, if you're underrated or overrated based on how they've been playing this season so far uh, and only take into account this season. But let's go ahead and get into it, Jay. First player that we have mm-hmm. here is Desmond Bain. Jay, overrated or underrated? I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with underrated. You know, he's he's still a guy who's on the rise. You know, this season he's taking an even bigger leap. Um, and he's arguably, you know, 24, 25 points a game, five rebounds, four assists on a true shooting percentage of 62%. So he's still getting it done, you know, he's still um developing into a elite you know two-way guard he plays with a extremely high motor um this season he's shooting 46 percent from the three-point line which is absolutely incredible for the number of of shots he's taking jay so uh i think he's just developing and developing jay and um you know at the pick that they got him you know it's, it's an absolute steal for the for the grizzlies so but i still think he's not mentioned enough when we talk about elite two-way shooting guards elite shooting guards shooting guards in the game too because he's a top 10 shooting guard in my opinion but jay how do you feel underrated yeah. overrated? yeah jay big time underrated for me i think uh a big thing of what the grizzlies have been able to do these past couple of years or what they've been able to do uh this year so far has been because of has been because of desmond bain i mean you talked about it right now 24 points per game on 46% from both the field and the three-point line. And uh, one thing that I want to touch on, Jay, is like everyone raves about, you know, John Morant's ability to get to the hoop and his drives to the hoop. But I think that a big part uh, that Ja has those open lanes and has that even the ability to be able to get to the hoop like that is because once Ja blows by his initial defender, the help defender can't really risk getting off Desmond Bain to come cut Ja off because you know that's just going to be a kickout pass. And Desmond Bain has been a knockdown shooter, man. I just said 46% from three for the season. Three out of these last five games he played in, he shot 50% or better from three. And as a defense, you just can't risk giving up those three points. So you're going to have to let Ja either dunk on your big man or get a free lane to the hoop because you'd rather give up a two instead of a three. So I think that, you know, that's a big part of, uh, the Grizzlies game and Jaws get Jaw gets you know rewarded because of Desmond Bain's great shooting and the, the defense mm-hmm. can't go help. So I'm I'm yeah. right there with you, Jay. Big time underrated player. Uh, but all right, Jay, let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Let's get to the next player, and that is John Collins. Jay, overrated or underrated? John Collins, man, I'm gonna go overrated. Um, the bag that he got. 
He had a great start to the season, Jay. He had a great start to the season, but he's kind of tapered off. Uh, maybe that's to do with him being the third option on arguably maybe the fourth option behind DeAndre Hunter and certainly behind Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. But, you know, I, I sometimes I question his engine. Um, I don't know if it's to do with him being still not happy with his situation, but for I'm t- talking strictly for the bag that he's getting 11 points a game, five rebounds, one assist, zero steals a game, um, zero blocks a game. And this is in the last five games, but on the season, you know, he's averaging 12 points per game, eight rebounds, one assist. But I think that's highly inflated. As you know, Jay, I know he's a member of, of the clutch talk fantasy basketball team. So, you know, but I don't think he's producing at what his he's getting paid to do right now. If um, relatively Jay. So I'm going to go overrated right now. Yeah. Jay, honestly, I, I, what I should, I should say underrated because I should, I should be, I should, uh, since he's in on my fantasy, I should do some tampering right now, Jay, yeah. and try to, you know what I'm saying? Like under, under, under trying to get over. Evan Mobley off. Me, <laughs> Jay, what I should do right now is I should say underrated, you know, overplay his value so I can get a good trade for him on fantasy, but I'm not. I'm right there with you, brother. He's, he's been extremely overrated this season so far. We're talking about, This is supposed to be the Hawks' big three. The Hawks have been advertising Trey, DeJounte Murray, and John Collins. Uh, Where has John Collins been? Jay, you talk about it. 12 points per game on a big bag, eight rebounds per game. He's not even averaging a double-double, and his a big part of what he's supposed to do on that team is catch lobs, defend, and get some rebounds. And he's not even averaging that that, that double double. The the last couple of games, yeah, I love how you bring that up. Look at these horrendous numbers: eleven points, four and four rebounds. 12 points and four rebounds, 14 points and five rebounds, seven points and five rebounds. He's just not getting it done out there, Jay. Every single one of those games that I just mentioned, he got to the line five or less times. He's just not being aggressive enough. As a big in this league, you're getting to the you're getting to the foul line five or less times when the refs are whistle happy. Come on, man. You're just not being aggressive enough, and there's just no excuse. Um, I should I want I wanted I wanted to give him a high praise, Jay. So I can get him off my team, but John Collins, I definitely got to go with uh, overrated here. That's respectful, Jay. That's respectful. <laughs> All right, Jay. So then let's keep it pushing. Let's get to the next player here. Uh, we talked about him a couple episodes ago. A uh, goal ago, uh, and that is a uh, bull bull. Jay, overrated or underrated? I'm gonna go underrated right now. Um, he's still on the come up. He's still. He's still playing hard. He's still showing how skilled he is. Um, this is the first time that we've had him. He's actually had the chance to prove himself and and get ample time. We saw in in Denver, he never really got the he never got the minutes that he could to to actually prove himself, which is crazy, right? You know, Denver's a team who developed Jokic into the player he's now, and I can't believe they saw a seven foot player with the, those ball handling skills with that kind of talent that ability to stretch the floor. And they just said, you know, we're going to get rid of him, which is surprising, but Orlando might've got a steal, right? He's has a, a elite motor at his size, you know, his ability to change, uh, to change shots at the rim, um, his ability to stretch the floor, his ability to take a rebound and push in transition. So he's showing all these skills um, of truly like a unicorn, right? A unicorn type of, of player. So, I'm going to go underrated because he's just on the rise. He's just getting an opportunity to to shine, really, and get 
more minutes in the NBA. So I'm going to go with underrated for bull bull. Yeah, I, I had to check. I had to check the, the the share settings on my on my show notes. I was like, hold on, man. Does Jay have my note my show notes? Because Jay, I'm right there with you, man. Bo Bo is extremely underrated. Uh, I would I really would like to see him be able to score more on a consistent basis, on a nightly basis. But um, the flashes and the stuff that he can do out there, man, really. Uh, it goes. It, people don't talk about it enough, man. We're talking about a seven footer. Um, that really is a unicorn out there. He's so I got to go underrated. Uh, we talk about his defense, man. I mean, he just covers so much ground on defense. Uh, often talk about uh, that move that Luka Doncic does that when he's pivoting and then he leans into you and then he fades away after. Uh, Luka, that move works amazing. He did it. That's what got him to the Western Conference Finals. But Bill Bull, that game against the Magic, had blocked a couple of those shots, man, because of his uh, terrific defense. So, I definitely got to go bull bull for underrated um, can get it done really on both ends and isn't talked about enough. So definitely got to give that to my guy bull bull, but I was keeping pushing here. Jay next guy we have is Kelly Oubre jr. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this one off Jay, because honestly, I really wanted him for, for my fantasy. Jay, I wanted to get him for my fantasy. He's a big time. Uh, he's a great player to have a fantasy, but right now as the horn has been three and 10, uh, not really so great for as far as like winning wise, but individually 18 points per game five rebounds uh in this last game against miami scored 29 points on 55 percent from the field and a three-point line um and although the hornets are losing i feel like he's a big reason that they're even staying in some of these games so i gotta go with uh underrated for kelly right jr man he's getting the big bigger chances here a lot more shots with miles off the team i'm gonna go on um it's hard to say with a player like Kelly Oubre, Jay, but I'm going to go overrated, man. I'm going to go overrated. I think he – statistics sometimes do tell a bit of the story, but in this case, you know, like you mentioned, he's shooting higher volume. He's getting more minutes than he has in his career, five minutes to be exact. You know, he's a 25 per, get, uh, per, per game um, player, 25 minutes per game player, and this year he's getting 30 – minutes per game he is scoring 18 points per game jay but on a true shooting percentage of 52 and he's getting up a lot more shots um and it's not to say that you know i, I think if he has miles bridges there if he has Lamelo ball he's not doing this and his role i think you know as we've seen before i think when he's at his best he's a sixth seventh man um he's starting this year jay he's he's performing but i can't really say he's an elite or not even elite because no one thinks of Kelly Oubre as elite, Jay. But I wouldn't say him as someone that I really want on, on my team, not in fantasy, but just on, on in terms of coming off the bench and giving you um, quality minutes because I think he needs a ball, like you mentioned, to succeed. And he doesn't really work too hard or he's not a guy you can really rely on in a in playing a role, being an elite role player, Jay. So that's why I'm gonna go overrated for what he is right now as a player. I just think, I just think that, I just think Kelly Oubre, man, I, just one of those guys that's fun to watch, electrifying, you know, give you energy on the on the defensive end. So, uh, you know, for some of some of that, I gotta go under, but I totally get that. But last player here, Jay, um, is D'Angelo Russell. For this one, Jay, I got I got a lot to say on this one, Jay. So let me go ahead and kick this one off. That's overrated my opinion and i hate doing yeah. this to my boy i hate doing this because he's he really is my boy uh i have a d jersey from when he was on the lakers uh but so far right now jay 
as he he's the point guard of the Timberwolves, and so far the Timberwolves have looked like a mess. They don't look together. They don't look good. Uh, from Ant's inconsistency to Delo's continued inconsistencies, we talked about that in the beginning of the season. Their high volume of turnovers, they make silly mistakes. Um, you know, the questions are really starting to come up about their big man lineup. And I just want to say, Jay, <laughs> I did call this and I know I know the season isn't over yet, but I did call this uh, when we were we had the episode with uh, with, with you and uh, with us and Greg Foster, man, um, from the Unsalvageable podcast. I called that. I said the Timberwolves are going to be that ninth seed. I don't believe that this, this is going to work. And it honestly hasn't worked. All my worries have so far. What I've seen have been true. Um, and D'Lo with the, with the players that he has around him and the players that he is only putting 14 points per game and five assists or, and worst of all uh, losing, man, I, I got to go overrated um, for what he's supposed to do, man. He's supposed to be the point guard to bring that team together, bring cat, bring Rudy, bring Ant together as the guard, man. You know, that's what you do. So I got to go overrated with my guy D'Lo. Yeah, I'm going to go. Over, I'm going to go overrated as well, Jay, uh, to, to the to second, all the things that you just said there. I mean, he's not, he's not playing efficient this year. He's not making efficient plays. Um, he hasn't w- been what they need, you know, for this for this Minnesota team, and that's in part huge reason of why they've been struggling this season. So, um, it's been a story of inconsistency with D'Lo his whole career, unfortunately, and this season hasn't been any different. Uh, so overrated, man. I like that, Jay. Uh, yeah, D'Lo, you got to get that together, my boy, but. All right, Jay, let's go ahead and keep it pushing, and let's get to the next segment here, Jay, and that is true or false. This is a little quick, fun game, uh, you know, for you, for the family out there. I'm going to go ahead and say a statement, and you let me know if it's true. You let me know if it's false. Um, Quick and easy, man, but first statement here, the Orlando Magic are the youngest team in the league at an average age of 24 years old. Is that true or false? The Magic are the youngest team? In the league at a, at an age of 24 years old, an average age of 24 years old. Is that true or false? I'm going to go with true. Oh, Jay. <laughs> it's actually false, Jay. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder at Ooh. 23. That, that's crazy, Ooh. Jay. That's 23. I'm 23. That's insane. Yeah. That, that, that's that Oklahoma City Thunder at 23. They got a lot of young cats over there. Uh, mm-hmm. But all right, Jay, let's go ahead and get the next statement here. Chris Stops Porzingis is the tallest player in the league at 7'3". True or false? Go with false. It's Boban. There you go, Jay. <laughs> there you go, Jay. Ready to get that on the on the nail. All right, here we go, Jay. The Lakers have the have the oldest team in have the oldest average age of team in the league at 27 years old. True or false? Well, I'm gonna go with tr- true because Bron throws off that uh, that average. Oh, Jay, it's close. It's close, but it's false. It's actually the Bucks at 29. Actually surprised Ooh, me, Jay. I was like, wow, the Bucks at 20. That's that's a team full of just like veterans and just, yeah. just ready to win, man. So that wow. explains a lot. It explains a lot. Yeah. So that, that are the Bucks at 29. But all right, Jay, the average age of an NBA player is 26 years old. Is that true or false, Jay? False. False? Yeah. It's true, Jay. The average age of NBA players ah, is 26. Hey, come on. <laughs> uh, here we go. All right. Jay, all 30 teams have at least one international player. True or false? 30 teams have one international player. Mm, false. Ah, it's true, Jay. It's true. Oh, all 30 teams have at least one international sick. player. That's true. That's true. But all right, Jay. Sick. Last one right here. This one's fun right here. This one's really this one's actually cool. Jay. There are 13 sets of brothers in the start of the 
2023 NBA season. Is that true or false? True. That is true, Jay. That is true. Yeah, and just for just for a quick runoff, this is kind of crazy, Jay, because I mean, like the chance of getting to the NBA all right, it's already already super slim. And then the chance of you and your brother getting to the NBA is even crazier. But I mean, we got the onto the onto the Kuma brothers. We know that we got the ball brothers. Uh we have um we have the Curry brothers, of course. We have the Holiday uh brothers, the Jones brothers, the Lopez, the Martins, the McDaniels, the Mobleys, the Wagners, the Morris, and um Willie Willie Herman Gomez and want want to Herman Gomez Jay that is mm-hmm. a whole lot of brothers in the league and that's just it's just yeah. crazy how like things get something like that could work like you make it to the league your brother makes it to the league what are the Wild. odds of that what are the, what are the odds of that that'd be yeah. huge man but um yeah Jay that was a little quick fun game you know true or false I wanted to I like um, to bring on uh but you know what it is Jay uh it's time it's time it's time for the episode where we get into the game recaps and that's for yeah. all the family out there who haven't had a chance to um you know sit down and watch these games um we're gonna get go ahead and get straight into it my brother I'm gonna go ahead and recap a fire game that we had on um Monday, November 7th, and that was the Grizzlies and the Celtics. The Celtics beat the Grizzlies 109-106. Uh, I, I, when I seen this game on the schedule, Jay, I had to watch it. We're talking about two early season MVP candidates in Ja and and uh, and, and Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum had 39 points, Jay, but he for real could have had like a 50-burger or more. And like this was one of those nights. Like he shot two – he shot three of 11 from, from the three-point line. Uh, he missed a bunch of easy free throws that he usually knocks down. He was two of 16 from the free throw line. So, you know, you just add some of those. That's an easy, uh, 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 easy 50 burger. Um, but I mean, let, you know, let's get into the game. Jason Tatum um, was, was was just playing aggressive. Jay, just playing like he was just the ultimate uh, best player and just being more assertive and aggressive out there. Uh, but the Grizzlies, you know, they did get off to a red hot start, scoring 34 points in the first quarter. I uh, just kind of felt like everyone on the Grizzlies were, were was contributing to that first Jay. Um, you know, the Grizzlies were really outworking the, the the Celtics. They had 10 second chance points just in that first quarter. Uh, and Tatum, I'm not gonna lie, Jay got off to a slow start, only scoring six points in that first quarter. But he finished the first half with 27 points. So that should tell you a little bit about how that second quarter went. The Celtics outscored the Grizzlies 37 to 20. And uh, in that in, in that in that second that second quarter, the Celtics actually came in Jay down by six. And because of Jason Tatum's dominance performance in that second quarter, left up by 11. And one thing that I want to point out from that second quarter uh, was the Grizzlies bench. And it honestly was very concerning to me, Jay, um, when John Morant stepped out for a second to get a break in um, really throughout this whole game. That was a theme. But in that second quarter, he stepped out to get a break and the Grizzlies go on. Uh, they they went on a scoring job. The Celtics went on a 20 and 0 run. Uh, and what really, what I thought too at that time was the loss of DeAnthony Melton. And you talked about this, Jay. You talked about how much that would hurt their bench unit, and it, and it, and it really, really did, man. Um, that <clears throat> after that second quarter, we just seen the Celtics come out uh, honestly on fire, Jay. Uh, their interior defense was on lock. Uh, John Moran, a player who only averages four threes per game, the Celtics had locked the paint down. Ja really couldn't go anywhere, so he had to end up. He ended up shooting twelve threes this game, which is like almost double what he what what he what he shoots per game. Dylan Dylan Brooks struggles out there really showed because uh, any any momentum that the Grizzlies would get going, he would just come down court, clank, airball, clank, clank, and really just couldn't get anything going. End of the game shooting 
35% from the field, uh, 16 of 17 from the field, zero of four from three. Uh, but <laughs> really no need to fear Jay. Ja is here. Uh, he had a dominant third quarter. Brought the Grizzlies right back into this game. Again, similar to that second quarter, uh, but instead of the Celtics, it was the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies entered the third quarter down by 11, left up by one, all because of John Morant's uh, heroic three-point uh, uh, third quarter. Um, but then, Jay, John Morant had to get some rest, come to the start of the fourth. The Grizzlies let up, man. The Grizzlies just let up. And when John came back in the game, it was just too little, too late. And uh, it definitely was a, um, you know, a sad thing to see because Ja was out there fighting, trying to do all he could. Uh, but the Grizzlies, you know, were negatives, uh, were, were a minus 17 without Ja on the court. Uh, ja himself was one of, one of the few only plus players on the Grizzlies. So, you know, you, it just came, came out that John Moran was the only guy to get it done that day. And then just one thing I want to highlight is definitely shout out Jason Tatum. He did his thing. You know, 39 points, almost had a, a 50 burger. But I don't want to overlook Marcus Smart, man. He had 15 points, 12 assists, shot 54% from the field, 33% from uh from three. And he really he he was that point guard that the Celtics needed, that point guard to calm everything down when everything is going crazy, uh, run the offense. And he really did at this game. So definitely shout out Marcus Smart. Um, but the Celtics did come out with this 109-106 win against the Grizzlies. Yeah, Jay, um, this game just shows you um, I did get a chance to watch uh, this game as well. Um, and this game just shows you, you know, the power of the two, a pow- the power of this this uh, this duo, this elite duo and Jason Tatum and and uh, Jalen Brown. Although Jalen Brown only had 21 in this game, you know, it's not all about points. Right. But Jason Tatum led the way for the Celtics with 39 Um and but this shows you also from for both of these teams, you know the the power and the fight of the Grizzlies, you know being down without uh, without Jaron Jackson Jr. and then the the Celtics without their primary rim protector. We we still have to remember that Robert Williams uh, is still out for them, um, but it's always next man up. Grant, we've been seeing good minutes from Grant Williams. We've been seeing good minutes from Sam Hauser, not in this game, but we've been seeing good minutes from him. We've been get, seeing multiple guys for the Celtics who've been able to step up this season. So um, with that kind of theme, they're able to sneak out these kind of tight games in, in late game situations, Jay. Um, but at the same time, John, John Morant's been playing phenomenal, Jay. And I can see why. Um, he's one of the most exciting players to watch, but at the same time, Jason Tatum's been showing the guy who wasn't there in the finals, who was when they made that, that huge run, when they went on that historic run from when they were um, struggling to all the way leading up to the finals, we're starting to see that guy. And it's looking like he's even improved on that performance, Jay. So, uh, you know, tough, tough, hard fought game between two teams who, I think we're not going to be seeing the end of them uh, anytime soon here. So Jay, let's let's push it to another game that I have here from also from the same night, November 7th. And that's the Golden State Warriors, uh, 116, 113 win over the over the Sacramento Kings, a game they needed to have at home, um, a game where they were struggling. Um, they had we saw them. The Warriors have an early, early lead um, to start to start the game that just dwindled down. They ended up losing the the first quarter, thirty one to twenty nine, and then they were never able to to um, they were never able 
to re to reget the lead until minutes left in the fourth quarter, man. Um, this is a game where we saw Jay, you know, you talk about him, you talked about him all last season, and we saw all last season how actually good, how effective he can be. And that's Malik Monk. Um, going seven from sixteen from the field in this game, 24 point, points, uh, 12, 12 uh, plus minus of 12 in this game, seven for seven from the line. But what we saw from Monk was no one really could contain him on the perimeter. The Warriors really had no um, answer to his quickness, his efficiency. And the story about Malik Monk and how his game is so effective. If his shot, if he's hitting this shot and he's hitting his three-pointers, uh, it's tough to guard him because we know how quick and athletic he is. And if he gets that first step on him, if you overplay his three and, and you uh, commit to it, he's getting down lane and he can finish with the best of them. Uh, we saw him boom it in this game as well. And then another great performance from De'Aaron Fox, uh, eight for 17 from from the field, two for five from the three-point line in this, 10 for 12 from the, from the free throw line in this one. Um, he, he continues to improve um, his outside shooting. I think he's, we're seeing him similar to what John Morant and his effectiveness, we're seeing him start to change his place. We're start, seeing him start to slow the game down, pick his spots, whether it's mid-range, whether he's getting all the way to the cup while he's getting fouled. He shot 12 free throws in this this game. Um, he's He only shot five three throw, three, threes in this game, but he went two for five. So we're seeing his efficiencies start to tick up along with this shot selection. And those two things go hand in hand, Jay. Um, where we didn't see anything good, and I'm just focusing on uh, the, the, the Kings right now, um, and that's Demonis Sabonis. He struggled here. Early on, he was picking on Draymond, um, but he started to taper off went going six from 15 from the field. Um, 40%, you really want to see a better uh, field goal percentage, especially from a big man, um, a guy who you rely on to get those easy baskets in the paint. But credit to the Warriors, they were able to make his life a little difficult, a little, excuse me, a little more difficult in this game. Um, you know, James Wiseman was out of the rotation in this one. And who did we see for minutes from in this game, Jay? Only eight minutes, but that was Jonathan Kaminga. We saw him early on, um, Steve Kerr, Got brought Anthony Lamb, a bench player from from the Warriors, um, two guy on the two way contract, Jonathan Kaminga, and we saw Ty Jerome early in this game, and they provided some good minutes in this one. Ty Jerome not his best game, but still the bench struggled in this one, and that's why the Kings were able to stay in front mo- majority of this game. Most of the all of the starters were plus Jay. All the starters were plus in this game. All of the bench players from Anthony Lamb to Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Ty Jerome, and Moses Moody were all minus, Jay. And that that difference in a game is huge, right? You're you have the lead, which the Warriors did early in this game and early in the first first quarter, up by 12 at one point. And then the bench unit comes on, boom, that lead evaporates, and the Kings won this the first quarter, 31 to, to 29, Jay. And we saw that the the theme, the whole game, you know, the Warriors would make a run with the starters, the bench would come on and, and you know, give it away and it would evaporate quick. Um, the, the Warriors had 15 turnovers in this game to the, the Kings uh, 10 turnovers. So it wasn't a horrible game. The Warriors even shot 50% 
to the to the uh, field goal percentage of the Kings, which was 40 percent, Jay. So even a 10 percent uh, difference for them, Jay. But, you know, it's so hard to make up when you have your bench player, you starters playing such good basketball and then you come off the floor and then you're like, you got to fight all the way back, Jay. But when you have a certain someone, Jay, those those insurmountable leads, you sometimes got to play play hero ball. But this is what happened, Jay. Andrew Wiggins and Stephen Curry took over this game. The chef took over this game. Andrew Wiggins, who went 10 for 17 uh, from the field in this one, uh, four for eight from the three-point line, 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. He was doing everything, plus plus 16 in this game, 25 points. And we saw at the end of this game when the Warriors were struggling to score some baskets at the end, um, st- struggling to generate offense. Andrew Wiggins came up with two huge threes uh, to bring them within a tie game. And then it was closing time, Jay. And and enter Stephen Curry, man. Seven for, from, tw- from 20, 24. 17 for 24 from the field. 70%. Seven for 12 from the three-point line. 58%, Jay. And the, the statistics, you know, don't always tell this whole story. But in this one for, for him... They told the whole story, Jay. Um, you sometimes when your team's struggling, like the way that the Warriors are, you got to play. You got to score somehow. You got to generate some offense, and that's exactly what he did. This game was a little tighter than it needed to be on the Warriors side of things. You want to win more comfortably, but when you're struggling like this, you need your star. You need your closer to come up big, um, and that's what happened. Exactly what happened, and they were able to come away with a three point win in this one. Didn't love what I saw from. Uh, from Clay Thompson, this one, he continues to struggle. Jordan Poole, <laughs> I know the the worst, Jay, he's on my squad, continues to struggle. Um, and one could argue, and the NBA did come back with this, the Warriors did take the three-point lead um, at the end off a of three from Steph. Um, but then Kevin Herter on an out-of-bounds play was fouled. As they, as the reports, the referees, officials, you know, they come back with a two-minute report. He was fouled on the last play. So, you know, we by Clay Thompson to to add to that situation. So, just not the play that they're getting that they're getting for their bench players, as well as you know the veterans, the Warriors. If they want to be successful, they're going to need better minutes from Clay Thompson um, and, and Jordan Poole. So, um, Jay. They were able to squeak away with this man, but uh, overall, a pretty wild game, man. Yeah, Jay, definitely a wild game. Um, love to see, yeah, man. One of the first things I, I mean, besides Curry's forty-seven point game, one of the first things I noticed was just I love to see Andrew Wiggins having a big bounce of that game. He's been really struggling to get it going, struggling to be that scorer that um, really made him the All Star that he was last year. Uh, so it was great to see him have a great, efficient night. Um, uh, so it's a big, big shout out to Wiggins. Uh, same thing, same thing that you said though, Jay. It is a bit concerning that you know Curry puts 47 points up and the Warriors get a three point, three point win over the Kings. And even Draymond said, even Draymond said, then man, this felt like one of those like Steph playoff games. And I was like, man, it did, it really did like watching, but it's like, but it's not playoffs and it's the Kings. So it's like, so th- those are those are the situations that kind of like you know. We'll worry some a little bit. And then I already said it on the, on a couple of episodes ago. I just like, I just don't see the same it factor that I seen this, that I see that I seen with this team last year from their lack of depth to their inability to be able to give the starters a rest. I mean, you talked about it, Jay. Uh, if the starters have to, 
carry and d- dominate games like this early in the regular season against teams like the Kings, teams like the Pistons, teams, uh, you know, b- bottom feeders, uh, then, you know, what will they have left in the tank when come you need to play a, a Bucks, you need to play a Suns, you need to play, you know, elite teams of the West or the East, man. Um, and then, but I think, you know, the biggest thing of this though, Jay, uh, biggest takeaway of this is what you said. And that's just at times, you know, when, when, your second options like you know clay thompson and jordan pools and other other guys aren't getting it done you just got to give it to somebody and just say like yo go win me this game and there's only probably about five six maybe i don't even know six probably five four players in the league that can do that and he's absolutely one of them so you know he, he did his thing ridiculous uh 47 point game on great shooting so Definitely a great game to watch as a as a basketball fan, Jay. Let me let me keep it pushing, Jay, and let's get to a game that I saw on November 9th. And uh that was the Clippers versus the Lakers. The Clippers beat the Lakers 114, 101. Uh I mean, that first quarter for the Lakers offensively and defensively was horrendous, man. Allowing 38 points from the Clippers, 15 alone from Paul George. Um, when when the when LeBron and AD came off the court in that first quarter, I saw the Lakers go on a four minute streak without a made field goal. Uh, stayed at, I believe they stayed at after AD left the court, they were already at twenty one points. They stayed at twenty one points until that first quarter ended, uh, and in that first quarter, it just looked easy for PG. Man, he was getting to his spots. Uh, we know Paul George is a first ballot Hall of Famer, a great scorer. Um, but you got at least got a contesting man. And then the Lakers weren't even contesting it. Uh, and you could just tell that Paul George clearly was just shouldering a lot of that scoring load. Um, another you know, kind of SMH Kawhi Leonard, because he should be here. Paul George should not be having to sco- yeah, sh- shoulder hey. all of this scoring load. Uh, and because he's on my fantasy, so he should all. Hey, Jay, but I saw. I saw he's he's back to five on five uh, scrimmages, so that's good yeah. news for you, Jay, and the Clippers. <laughs> it is it is good news for me. Yeah. Me and uh um uh what's what's that uh, Steve Ballmer's that that's his name. I was about to Steve say Ballmer, Don- I was about to say Donald Sterling. <laughs> I'm tripping. Oh. <laughs> I'm tripping, huh, Jay? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but all right, Jay. But anyway, the second second quarter, Lakers have a big bounce back second quarter, only allowing 16 points from the Clippers yeah. uh, in that entire quarter, and the Lakers ended that quarter on an 18 and two run, which really feels. Uh, fueled by their defense, man. Anthony Davis was roaming down the middle uh, when Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are running around creating chaos in the perimeter, and Anthony Davis is in that middle holding it down. There, you know, which is a reason why they're a top defensive rating team in the league. Uh, but in that, but in the third quarter, uh, this was a this is a chess match, man. And Ty Lue proved why he was one of why he's one of the great coaches, and he honestly outcoached Darvin Ham that game. Um, Clippers came out, did a great job and defending Anthony Davis in that third quarter. Like every time the ball was even coming, Anthony Davis, the double would already be coming and they put the pressure on AD. AD felt it, had four turnovers in this game, uh, just wasn't able to be as aggressive as, as he usually is and didn't get to the line nearly as much. And I feel like when, when you're playing against a player like Zubak, when you're playing against players who clearly nobody is at AD's level, he needs to be able to take it to the line. But as a team, the, the Clippers come together and you know didn't didn't allow AD to one on one go at Zubac or go really at 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 anybody. And the Clippers outscored the Lakers by twelve points in that third quarter. And in that fourth quarter, Jay was timely turnovers. Lakers had seven turnovers of their fifteen in the game just in that fourth quarter. And a lot of the times, timely turnovers cost you the game. And 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 what we're starting to see in in this start in this sense is you know. Braun number one, 
you know, this was the first time we've seen him injured, but he, he hasn't been playing his best basketball. He hasn't been playing the top five, you know, you know, greatest player of all time type basketball that, that he, he can be playing. Anthony Davis certainly hasn't been playing to the level and not to mention that Jay night to night, we don't know what we're going to get from Anthony Davis. And we we've said that from since the bubble, we don't know what we're going to get from him. And the, this is a similar thing, not the wor- his worst game that he he's played, but I thought he was getting outplayed all night by Evita Zubac. And if you're the Lakers, you just can't have a guy, Anthony Davis, who arguably led you to a title in 2020, getting outplayed by Evita Zubac. It just can't happen if you expect to win basketball games. And that's what we saw all night from the Lakers. Um, the, the defensive energy just isn't there anymore. Um, it's not even, we can't even now even say it's all Russell Westbrook, Jay. Um, at this point, the Lakers have one option, and that's to to bring in try to get Buddy Heald to try to get Miles Turner. We we heard the interview of him saying that he, you know, reach out to me. Like I, I would love to be a Laker. And I, and I think that's exactly what the Lakers should do. But, you know, there's rumors and reports is at what point is it just you wrap this season up and you, you just, you just throw in the towel, Jay, because yeah, you're, you're not yet, but you're going to get to that point. If you drop some more games, right. There's there's a certain point you're three and nine or whatever you are right now. There's a chance that you you slide, you you know, you win one game and then you lose three more and you're looking at four and twelve. You're looking at four and thirteen. So you got to start searching for answers because certainly from what we can see right now, the answers aren't there. Um, This is a team who's relying on two two superstars and one of them's not playing to the level that he needs to be playing. So that was what your calling card. That was why we had them seventh in the West and we're not getting two top 10, top five players from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And another example of that, uh, what we saw from Evita Zubac outplaying Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, Jay, that, that definitely, um, I mean, some, yeah, the Lakers are definitely only going to go as, as far as Anthony Davis goes. But I mean, as far as that definitely wasn't no, like Zubox is one on one beating out AD. If you know, if you check and watch out that game, it was definitely every time AD had the ball, a double, triple coming every single time, which is part of Ty Lue's, you know, genius plan, which is uh, Ty Lue was able to uh, keep AD keep AD down. Um, from but as far as AD though, AD has been not championship bubble AD. I t- totally agree with that, but he definitely has been there. You know, it's been has played in. 12 games, 10 games so far, uh, 20, 23 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, definitely doing his thing. LeBron, on the other hand, hasn't been um, the arguably the greatest player of all time, hasn't been the uh, the man who last year led the league in in scoring, arguably could have been the, the, uh, won the scoring title, played enough games. He hasn't been that. And honestly, I think one thing um, – I believe it was uh, I believe it was KCP that said it. KCP said, I just don't see that spark in LeBron. And I'm some of these games, I'm also not seeing that. Just give me the ball, get out the way, and I'm gonna score. Uh, and that's and and that that's one thing that 
I think I see with age, you know, father time catches up, catches up with everyone. So that's why that's that's why players like Russell Westbrook. And if he's a dog, if he's going to want to be that dog that he claims that he is all the time, I'm a dog. I'm I do whatever it takes on the court. Then this is when he needs to step in because LeBron still can score with the best at whatever time he wants. He just can't do it throughout the entire game. So Russell Westbrook and AD need to more shoulder that load first quarter, second quarter, and then allow LeBron to even have the energy to, you know, go out and do what he needs to do in that, in, in the, in the fourth. Cause you, when you, when you see time, LeBron, when LeBron wants to get to the hoop, he still gets to the hoop. Um, but it's as far as being able to do it throughout the game. If he does it all the first quarter, all second quarter, doesn't have any gas left to, uh, to when comes that fourth quarter. Yeah, Jay. I mean, I'm, if I'm LeBron, I'm looking around the, I'm looking around the locker room. I'm looking around, at the bench, and I'm seeing Troy Brown Jr. I'm seeing Austin Reeves. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Kendrick. I'm seeing Max Christie, Jay, playing 14 minutes a game. I'm seeing all these guys who can't help me when I'm, I'm 37. I'm 38, Jay. I've, I've dedicated my whole career. I'm trying to bring, you know, this Lakers franchise back, Jay. That he brought him a championship, but I just think the, the general manager Rob Palinka, Janie Buss should be ashamed of themselves, man. The team that they formed around. Um, LeBron at this age just simply can't, it's not going to get it done. It's not on Russell Westbrook, Jay. He's been playing better basketball. It's Austin Reeves. It's Troy Brown Jr. Who's been playing. He's a good addition. I won't say, but it's Austin Reeves should not be a starting basketball, starting, uh, starting backcourt for, for the Lakers right now. I just, I just can't, I can't, if you're, if you're trying to compete, which they should be Jay. And I think that's weighing on LeBron at 38 years old. He's got to play hero ball every night. We saw him try to do it last year and they didn't even make the playing playing tournament. So I I can't really be uh, mad at the guy, but yes, they do need him to play better basketball if they want to win along with AD. Cause I still, you stay all these stats, Jay, but I still, I'm judging off what the product we see and we still can't rely on Anthony Davis being bubble Anthony Davis. And he certainly hasn't been the same player that he has been since the bubble. And that's just a fact. Yeah, Jay, de- 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 definitely a fact. But I mean, um, I think you with that Austin Reeves statement, I mean, I you could prove me if I'm wrong, but I mean, like, don't know how many Lakers games you've actually gotten a chance to watch. A, a shooter around LeBron, whether a big name or a little name, a shooter needs to be on the court with LeBron James. And he is a good, she is a good shooter. And that's why he's on, he, that's why he's on the court. Um, there are not many good shooters on that Lakers team, but with the options that they have, he should be on the court. So I, I, I definitely got to push back on that. He absolutely should be. He absolutely should be a starter because LeBron needs shooters around him. And unfortunately that team, because of the problem that started from the head, Rob Palenka didn't bring enough shooters on this team. And now what you have to do is put players who aren't shooters, but are better than your non-shooters on the court, man. So I uh, definitely got to push back on that statement. I think that's just a little bit of a hype beast statement. Not a lot of people know mm. Austin Reeves name, but he, he, no, he getting no. it done. Though, I've, so. I've, I've watched enough Laker games. Um, so I have to push back on that. And I will say that I, I didn't say that Austin Reeves, isn't for the for the Lakers roster yes he's fine but I'm saying in the in the NBA he should not be starting and that's what I'm saying it's a disservice to LeBron James that he that Austin Reeves is in the starting lineups for the Lakers and he's trying to compete 
and win basketball games when it could have been Buddy Heald. That's the only thing I'm saying. Austin Reeves, for this Lakers roster, yes, certainly. They don't have many better options or any better options than Austin Reeves, who's shooting 33% and 43% from the field this season. If that's the best they have, it actually is the best they have. But I'm saying that's a shame. And Robert Palinka and Jeannie Buss should be ashamed of themselves. That's what I'm saying. But I'm not saying that, that Austin Reeves is shouldn't be starting for this current Lakers team. Got it. Got it. All right, Jay. So let's get to your game. Uh, your next game that you got here for a recap. The arena, but the arena was buzzing. The arena was rocking Jay. And we were in a building on Wednesday night at Scotiabank arena, um, to downtown Toronto, Jay. And we were in the building for the Toronto Raptors, 116 109 win over the Houston Rockets Jay this was this was a good game to be at man this was a game that saw seven lead changes um seven ties um seven times tied in this game so this was just a back and forth game and I remember sitting down with Oko you know we always whenever I go to a game with him we always try to get there early get the vibe get the get the feel of the energy in the building you know watch pregame warm-ups um, watch guys getting their individual work on. And as we were watching Fred Van Vliet early on uh, before the game, get his work on. And I always love seeing, you know, been, being able to go to enough Raptor games at this point and being going early as, as I always try to do seeing Fred work out before the game. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it feels like he's, you know, every guy kind of goes through the motions, but it feels like this dude is going through the motions, like slow, like negative, time speed i don't know but the dude gets it done plays the same way that he does in the warm-up so that's credible to see but one thing that oko talked about and we were talking um he said you know the rockets are going to make aren't going to make this easy i'm expecting this to be a close game you know it's going to be a back and forth type of game that's exactly what we saw the houston came started out hot they came out um guns blazing started off Jalen Green attacking the rim, Alperin Sangoon, who I love seeing him in person, saw that his skill, his tenacity, his want to, and only saw 30 minutes in this game. Uh, crazy to see what he could do with more minutes. But the Rockets came out, the young Rockets came out blazing this one without uh, with a, Rock, a Toronto Raptors team who was without Pascal Siakam. Rockets finished this, the first quarter with a 37-29 lead over the Raptors. And then... In the second in the second quarter, Raptors flipped the switch and they won that quarter 28 to 17. Jay, so this was a tale of two quarters to start this off, man. Um, and we saw Fred Van Vliet, who scored 12 of his season high 32 points in the fourth quarter. So it was a Fred show in the f- fourth quarter. But OG Ananobi was doing it and pacing them throughout the game, not just the fourth quarter. OG Ananobi in this one matched his season best with 27 points and added 10 rebounds in this one, Jay. So just a great showing. And then I got to give a shout out to my guy, my guy, the NBA champion, Otto Porter Jr., who came off the bench uh, with 14 points, Jay. Absolutely phenomenal showing from him. Um, he just provided that same energy. For him, it's always been staying on the floor. It's always been being healthy. And that's exactly what, what we saw for him. Precious Ajua went down late in this game. Uh, I believe he's going to be out for an extended amount of time. I'm fortunate to see him down. But 
auto next man up mentality. That's what we've seen consistently from Nick Nurse and his rotations and what he likes to do is, you know, it's a next man up approach. You don't never know what guy's going to be in the rotation. You never know who is going to be playing. And Otto Porter Jr. with 23 minutes of this game, five for eight from the field, two for five um, from the three-point line, two for two um, from from uh, the free throw line, six rebounds in this one, Jay, one steal. Just, just you know, making winning plays that we saw in the NBA Finals last year, Jay. And that's what you love to, to see um, if you're the Raptors and why you signed him um, on, a, on a veteran minimum, or I think, I believe the, uh, the maximum that they, they could give him for one year, Jay. Um, but here we go. I'm going to flip the script to the, the Rockets, man. And the Rockets saw a big night from two guys who really impressed me in this one. And that was Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, Jr. Played 22 minutes in this one, provided that energy and grit off the bench. He was plus 18, so playing winning basketball because um, that reflects on that f- efficient five for six from the field. And then Ty- Terry Eason, man, they also call him Mr. Preseason because we saw him flash off and play very well in the preseason. He hasn't been getting very much burn this season for the Rockets, man. He was five for for 15 from the field, but that's not what we're going to talk about at all in this one, Jay. It was his defensive energy that kept him on the floor and provided a huge boost off the bench for the Rockets in this one. And he had five steals, was active in the passing lanes, was getting in uh, defensively into the wings and the guards for the Rockets, made life miserable, uh, for Gary Trent Jr., actually, who went five, only four for eight in this game, one for four from uh, the three-point line, but he wasn't able to get comfortable shots. That's why he only took five, uh, eight shots in this game, wasn't really able to get very much involved in the offense. And then, Jay, I know earlier we are talking about young talent. We are talking about Springs. We are talking about Ja Morant. And one of another player who's arguably one of the most explosive players in the game, definitely in the young uh, younger group of players and that's Jalen Green man eight for 14 in this game just for just some questionable shot selection as we've seen early on his career but I was surprised because there was some shots that he took took some tough shots and hit some tough I had some tough makes in this one man um, and also as we can see from this from this line going eight from 14 especially on the road was huge from this one man but at the end, end of the day, Jay, you know, I talked about a lot about players, the the veteran presence. I think Nick Nurse being the better coach than Steven Silas, um, the Raptors just executing down the stretch, feeding off the home, uh, the home crowd. And this one, the Scotiabank Arena, Jay, um, they're able to close it out on the heels of uh, on the back of Fred Van Vliet in this one. Um making some huge shots and some huge plays. And then, like I said earlier, uh, Otto Porter Jr. as well, coming up with some big shots and some big hits to close out uh, the Rockets on the road. But credit to the Rockets for staying in this one. I certainly thought they were going to get blown out in this one, especially in the third quarter when we saw the Raptors make their run uh, early in that game. But the young Rockets were able to stay in this, but ultimately came up short. And shout out Kevin Porter Jr. He played a solid game as well. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's 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 what I was going to highlight real quick, man. Kevin Porter Jr. had a super solid game, man. Um, he, he, had a, he had a double double with 12 points, 11 and 11 assists. I do want to see him get that 
three point that three point percentage higher, man. But um, but just really quick, I really want to highlight on the fact that. 10 Rockets players played seven of the 10 Rockets players scored 12 or more points. So they were just really getting after it. Just one of those young teams who really know how to put the ball in the basket and really run, run the court up and down. Um, but that second quarter, Jay, obviously a great recap, you know, I've just second everything that you said, but that second quarter is where I would say this, uh, the Rockets lost his game. They, they, they got outscored really? uh, 17 yeah. to 28, uh, and that just put them too bit in too bad of a hole. Cause I mean, the third quarter, they only got outscored by one point. Uh, they only got outscored by three in that, in that fourth quarter. But I think that, you know, if they would have been able to make that second quarter, a little bit more of a competition, a little, little bit of a closer game, uh, maybe this could have gone otherwise, but. Um, glad, not glad, but you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy that the uh, the, the Rockets are you know doing their thing. Uh, I mean, the Raptors are doing their thing, and I'm I'm happy you and Oko had a good time, Jay. Yeah, I feel that, Jay. Jay's Jay wearing his Rocket uh, Raptors colors today. I'm rock, I'm rocking Jay, the Raptors colors today, man. Jay's if you're not on YouTube, ra- you see I'm rocking the Raptors colors. He's rocking the Raptors colors. I'm rocking the the, the 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 red uh, Nike Tech. So that's for the Raptors. Yeah, clean, we got the clean. we got the, uh, the 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 red for the nice. Raptors from back here, man. So <laughs> shout yeah. out the Raptors. Well, <laughs> all right, Jay. So I think it's a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up here, Jay. Um, had had a lot of talked about a lot of great things in this episode. Introduced our new uh, yay or nay segment, our new true or false segment recap some of these great games uh hopefully everybody voted this week you know what i'm saying if you want to mm-hmm. make a change make sure you make sure your voices are heard but uh but all right jay i think this is a good place for us to wrap it up my brother you got any last words to say before we uh sign off here nah jay nah jay um another great episode um stay tuned for for next week and and what we got upcoming man um busy busy week ahead of for us uh, and we'll say next month, stay tuned as well, because we re- will be getting some live episodes as I will be returning to the Bay. So I'm looking forward to that, Jay. Uh, but that's all I got to say, man. Yes, sir, man. Y'all heard it, man. Y'all heard it. So stay tuned. Uh, much, much more on the way. Make sure you go check out our Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, anywhere really in social media. We up on there. Just look for Clutch Talk Pod and uh, support the family, man. If you're on YouTube, make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you leave a nice ranking uh, below and let us know what you guys want to hear, man. Um, but if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.